<laughs> Welcome to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Nay. I'm Mark. I'm Michael. Hey. Hello. Hello. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all are so silly, and Cheeky. it's my favorite. Punchy. I'm, like, looking at both of you. My cheeks hurt. Because <laughs> I'm smiling so hard. We're so annoying. You just clenched. I, clench. I, I did. said that so on our first episode, <laughs> Michael. That's what I said on the I want to be you. Yeah. Well, by now you know who we are. You know that Michael wants to be me, uh-huh. and it all makes sense. And that she wants to be Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> and I want to be with Jennifer ah, Tilly. Oh, different. That's the difference. Different. Yeah, so thanks for coming back to listen. <laughs> in spite of us. I bet you're wondering why we've called you in here today. <gasps> Producer Brennan. Yeah, that's me. Hello. Hi, Brennan. Hi, Hi Brennan. Up? How's it going, guys? Oh, pretty good. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to steal a line from uh, Patrick Hamilton of the Kill by Kill co- podcast. Um, I don't want to alarm you guys, but we're not alone. <gasps> Ooh. What? What's oh going God. on? What? Mm-hmm. You just took that so seriously. I wasn't ready for how unironic your reaction was. <laughs> What's happening? I can be serious sometimes. Anyway. I'm a good actor, too. Well, what is going we're on? not alone. Who's here? Who? Yeah, okay. This this bit failed. I shouldn't have uh, <laughs> shouldn't have grabbed the wheel on that one. I just, I'm just really excited. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Because I don't want to mispronounce your last name. Oh, okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Jen Mormon. I I thought that's what it was. That's all right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Jen. (laughs) Hi. I'm really excited to be here. I am a co-host of When Animals Attack podcast. I love that name. Uh, Thanks. We're actually probably changing it, though. Keeping that as a subtitle to kind of get away from the 90s. TV show mm, with our own branding, uh, yeah, like because we're mm. totally unaffiliated. Um, so I think we're moving toward Jaws and Claws. Oh, that's oh. great! Amazing. Mm. Thanks. Um, you got four thumbs up here. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm also a film professor who is a horror nerd and who kind of focuses my research on queer cinema and media. Cool. Um, and so speaking rad. of Jennifer Tilly, I was uh, <laughs> yeah. just on the special features of the new Bound Blu-ray. Oh, my and, God. No way. Yeah. Did I just see you on AMC Eli Roth? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good times. So cool. And where yeah. are you teaching at now? Uh, I'm full-time at Loyola Marymount University. I'm in the gender studies department, cool. so I'm not actually teaching any film classes right now, but... And yeah. did, were you at USC at one point? No, I did my PhD at UCLA, and okay. I still teach summer classes there on sex and the cinema. Oh. But, um, yeah, I met Brennan before, actually. Yeah, I was actually, I mean, I was friends with a student of yours, but I visited you in your office hours like a creep. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I had no reason to. I just knew you were cool. <laughs> yeah, nerd Color level tug. 1,000. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did want to say, um, I did listen to some of the When Animals Attack podcast, and it stressed me out so much. And that is a high compliment. Oh. um, Because I listened to your alligator episode. Oh. um, And you you guys really (laughs) sat down to brass tacks about how well an alligator can kill the shit out of you. Oh, yeah, I can. And I'm just really glad I live in California. (laughs) And (laughs) it's just, it's a really powerful podcast. It's really fun, and it's really interesting. It's a Um, good time. I actually dressed as an alligator for Halloween. Did you really? really? Yeah. Nice. It's literally the scariest thing, so you did a good job. Nice. Yeah. I'm so scared of alligators. <laughs> that jaw power. The, oh, yeah. You're jealous, the, the right? The twirling there. that they do? <laughs> I don't exactly. know why. Yeah. The twirling? 
Oh yeah, the Suspiria dancing that an alligator does. Does that get you, Mark? <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. If you bring up Suspiria, that's why I brought it. I won't stop talking about it. That's so fine. you well, have to know fine. that you have to not yeah. do that. I enjoy unless you talking. You're prepared, that's why we do it. Okay, I enjoy unless you're prepared for me to like reenact the entire film. I enjoy you talking Suspiria. Honestly, okay. Mark. Once I heard you talk about Carrie, and it brought me to tears. Oh my god! I would literally listen to you talk about any movie that you enjoy watching. Stop. Yeah, on playback of that episode <laughs> of Mark talking about it. Yeah, it same. Was, yeah. I like was, I was there yeah. <laughs> and I was listening yeah. to it in my car, like mouth agape, just like, yeah, what a deep. I was like, do I know this person? Yeah. Personally? Like so wow. deep. How am I on a show with this person? <laughs> yeah. Too beautiful a, to live. Okay. I'm what's a clown. Been yeah, Mark, so Mark hates, Mark hates compliments. Mark hates compliments. I know. Um, but that perfect. Thank you for doing that for me. Everyone's doing <laughs> things for me. Thank you. <laughs> Mark, since you brought it up. What have you been watching besides um, aside Suspiria? Yes. Aside from Suspiria, the yes. greatest movie of the year. Um, <laughs> I I watched all of uh, Heather's the TV show. Oh, and uh, I I was uh, gifted with a link to the uncut version rather than the sort of butchered one that Paramount uh, sort of dumped. Uh, late they didn't October. even air like two of them, and they didn't even air yeah. two of them because of uh, you this know the problem events. we have in America. Yeah, this thing that happens in America where you know people. Um, fucking get shot and nobody does anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I can't say that I really liked the series, but I will say the thing that I did respond to was that because in terms of plotting, I just was like, it's messy. I don't get what they're going for. It's there's too many ideas. However, there is one thing that I really did respond to, and that there was such an acid, angry, angry um, kind of middle finger at institutions that allow this shit to keep happening. And the show was at its most successful when it was sort of stepping away from just sort of easy glee level teenage snark and really leveling its canons at institutions that are are more interested in maintaining a status quo rather, rather than actually really examining the the sort of the machinery of what leads to mass shootings or what leads to the glorification of mass shootings in media or why this is a cycle and not uh yeah. and 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 ongoing and there's a couple of episodes where the show is so biting and so angry and and so righteous in its anger that um I found it it was bracing, and it, I, I was. I, it made me sad that it was so shocking that I was like, "God, is this where we are? Like, we really would rather just let people get shot mm-hmm. than watch than than put out a show that fully addresses it in a way right. that is that that is. Uh, I don't know, just unabashed in in sort of. They're saying this is insane. This is utterly fucking insane. The show has had more pushback for fictional yeah. school violence. Yeah. Than actual school violence. Yeah. So like the show has been shelved several times because there's a school shooting in it. Yeah. But nothing happens when there's an actual real life school shooting. Yeah. It's like really, it's really fucked yeah. up. America. <laughs> so the American ideal of like propriety and sort of, and is, is a disease and uh, it's fucked up. And Heather's, the TV series is at its most successful when it's pointing that out. And um, it has, I, I really love Brendan Scannell. Brendan Scannell. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to yeah. pronounce his name. He's Heather, Heather Duke, right? Heather it's pronounced Duke. Brennan Klein. Brennan Klein. <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> he's wonderful. Uh, he's really funny. Um, he's there's, really there's a lot of individually. Uh, Melanie Field is also really great. Uh, so there's a lot of great stuff in it. 
Um, not totally for me, but what it did well, I, uh, I was really grateful for, and I was really sorry to see that, uh, it got the treatment it, it did. And, and I was like, and I was like, really paramount, like really, like you're only going to air this show when nothing's happening. Well, that's what like, someone like, tweeted you know I mean? the other day. Like if you're going to stop every time there's a school shooting, you're never going to air the show. Yeah. So it was like, say something <laughs> about school <laughs> shooting, say something about the, the rampant violent gun yeah. violence in America, but like. Yeah. Oh, but we we might tell you to pipe down if actual gun violence happens. It's bizarre and crazy, and it uh, made me pissed off. So that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hmm. What about you, Michael? Uh, well, to kind of go off what Mark was saying, South Park is kind of handling the same type of subject matter right now. They actually their season premiere opens. Uh, like almost every episode of South Park is with an establishing shot of the school. But there's gunshots, mm. and then it goes into the school, and the kids are in class, and they're just learning through the gunshots. Wow. They're literally the teacher is continuing her lesson. SWAT team comes in, clears the room of the suspect. The kids are like leaning around the SWAT team member to talk to the teacher to answer the question. Wow. And I have to admit, when I was watching, I was laughing my ass off, but also like, oh my god. Like, this isn't not, this isn't satire. This is real. Like, you know, like, aside from the fact that maybe kids aren't actually like doing fractions at the same exact time. A kid was shot this week and And the school stayed open. Yeah, they kept class in session. That's fucking insane. It's insane. It's like South Park knew three weeks before this. You know what I mean? Like, that happened three weeks after the premiere of South Park. But the rest of the first episode is so the kids leave school, the shooter's killed by by the police. Kids leave school. All the kids are acting like normal. There's police, fire, ambulance, SWAT teams everywhere. They're all kind of like acting like normal. And then Stan's mom comes up and is like, oh, my God, Stan, I'm so glad you're safe. And he's like, what's what's going on? And she's like, I can't believe this is happening again. And, like, they walk away and Cartman, like, looks to Kyle and Kenny and he's like, what's up her ass? So the rest of the episode is literally a school shooting a day. Oh and Sharon Stan's mom is the only one freaking out about it. And to kind of go along with what mm. Mark is saying, by the end of the episode, she resigns herself to the fact that no one's going to do anything. So when she gets a phone call that Stan was shot that day at school, she just goes, what well, was bound to happen? Yeah. And the episode ends. So it ends on a cliffhanger. And of course, Stan's still alive and stuff. But they've gotten back to like their normal type of satire like the vape cultures like the, an episode they handled earlier this year but every episode you hear at least three or four or five different scenarios of school shootings going on wow, wow. because it's just like the way they talk about it, it's a thing now yeah. and like to kind of go like they're going after the institution south park's almost satirizing the fact that like nobody does anything you know like so it's been a really sober 10 minutes here yeah. on the show. Yeah. Dark time. But I says. highly recommend watching both shows because they're both saying something about society and good art needs to happen right now in order for us to get past some of this shit. Absolutely. And not just get past it as like get over it, but get past it and do something. Like survive about it, it and yeah. thrive. Yeah. yeah. And do stuff about it. And do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not 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 to keep the conversation at this level. I'll be really fast. Um, I was involved in a fault. What turned out to be a false alarm school shooting at my school when I was wow. working on campus. Um, and one thing that really helped me figure out what I was doing and what was going on was actually the not great Glee episode about a school shooting. Oh, did so they I, have I one? Think, yeah, they did. It it was a, a bit tone deaf, and the ending was weird. Yeah, were they but, like singing during it? No, 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 no. Um, but. <laughs> 
Sorry. I mean, talking about this in the media is the only way to help people, I think. Yes, I agree. Um, and to help... I don't know. It, it's obviously such a twisted and tangled topic, but that episode actually helped me process huh. like, what happened what happened, and how to deal with it. It ended up being fine, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. But yeah, I think it's important that we are talking about these topics, and... Yeah, let's talk about some other stuff now. Absolutely. But on the same note, so not some other stuff oh, yet. I think it's wild that we're all on that. I mean, it's not wild because of the current historical climate. I mean, the, you know, the climate of what's going on right now. But I was going to bring up that I had done a lot of reading this week. Um, kind of doing this deep dive into the, just like the diversity of Jewish folks and how white supremacy has erased um, from a lot of people's narratives, how diverse the community of Jewish people are, uh-huh. um, like ethnically, racially, everything. And it was a lot of stuff that I didn't know. And so I felt like a big dumbass, which is what happens when you don't know. <laughs> you are like living in ignorance and then find out Do more. you have a specific site or, yeah, or actually, book to point us to? Yeah, someone sent me to, um, and I just helped, uh, looked it up. Uh, Jews for Racial and Economic Justice okay. have a document called Understanding Anti-Semitism. Interesting. And we should post that. It, yeah, it's it's really it. I really, I mean, and that's the way you know white supremacy works. Like I didn't even know that that was contributing to this erasure. Mm. And I would, I mean, real talk. Like I would consider myself a very <laughs> woke person. Yeah, like absolutely. if I'm like, who is least likely to offend? Or like take care of someone's emotional state and like not microaggress them. I would I would be like it's me. Like I have worked for years trying to like be very kind to people. Um, it didn't matter. I didn't know, and uh, it was super eye opening and fascinating. And also, I mean, and in light of what's going on right now, you know, there was a shooting at a synagogue, and I think a lot of people are talking about it in terms of gun control, which, of course, we should talk about gun control, but also, like, these people were shot because they were Jewish. Right. Like, that's, pure, you know? Um, yeah. And crime. So, to read that right now, I just felt very moved to, I mean, read all kinds of things, because I was like, what else do I not know? Like, what, <laughs> what, else, is, like, what else is white supremacy contributing to right now, and it has me thinking, or not thinking about it, and so... Um, yeah, it was a really good document that I read that was given to me by um, a Jewish person who was like, you should read this because you need to know this information. That's so, good. Uh, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because I'd be very um, – I would love to read that too because yeah. I guarantee I would be in the same boat as you while reading it being like, wow, yeah. I don't know shit. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's a sobering amazing. reminder that we all have work to do Absolutely. regardless of how much we Absolutely. think we do or don't. So. Absol- absolutely. And I kept telling myself that. And you know, it's okay wild. It's like how it came up was do. through my ignorance. And I, the whole time I was thinking afterwards, like, what if I had just like said something a little different and like this whole thing hadn't happened. And I was like, I, I don't, I wouldn't trade this knowledge for my, like, I wouldn't trade like not being embarrassed over gaining what I've gained. Right. But, oh, it's so hard to sit with that. And so uncomfortable being like, you fucked up. You didn't know. You hurt someone in a way, or I don't, I mean, I don't really know all yeah, of Yeah, you're the, playing like, probably a hundred scenarios in your head. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I was just like. Like rerunning the tape. It was good for me. <laughs> it was humbling um, because I love to, you know, I do microaggression trainings and I love to yeah. tell people like, if it makes you uncomfortable, that's fine. Sit in the discomfort. But like I had to do it. 
And I was like, yeah, bitch, sit in the discomfort. <laughs> like, sit in the discomfort then, you know? Like, practice what you preach. And, yeah, so we can put that link Thanks up. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. 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 It's, I think it's hard to publicly say, too. Like, I have shit to do. Oof. It's mortifying. But, but we it's, all do. It's just so necessary. Yeah. Um, and I was just really struck by, cause I know when, like when black folks are killed with no abandon, I, and I just hear about gun control. I think a lot about race, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so to hear when I heard Jewish folks saying like, no, pe- these people were killed because they were Jewish. Like, it's not just a gun control thing. Like right. this is a hate crime. Like there's right. stuff going on. I was just so moved by that because I, it's really easy for me to be empathetic towards that mm. line of sentiment, you know? And I was like, oh, well, then let me do my work and, like, what I can, which still isn't enough by myself, of course. But, like, yeah, I was just very touched. But you're enough, Nate. We love you. <laughs> you very love much. you, too. Yeah. Jen, what are you, uh, what are you listening to, watching, reading? Something a little lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Any fluff? Yeah. I'm although- watching Shoah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um I did actually read and share that exact same document this oh, week. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so I love that you just shared that. Absolutely. I think that was such a great reminder of the fact that allyship is fluid and imperfect. Yeah. Like, by design, we're always, like, part of being a good ally is recognizing that we all have different amounts of privilege and lack of right? And that, yeah, yeah, you've got to always be willing to make mistakes, you know? And yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And you can't just get allyship. You need to give it to. Exactly. You, you need to be an accomplice. Yeah. Like more, it's more than being an ally. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's action over tweeting. It's action over tweeting. It's <laughs> action over yeah. tweeting. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess I will segue into something a little lighter, though. Great. Um, that would okay. be Bring it. <laughs> so, um, I, I've been watching all of the, not, not Heather's, but a lot of the other kind of Netflix horror shows that uh-huh. are out. I know you've talked about some of them on other episodes. Like, I finished Castle Rock last so week. Great. And um, I've been watching Sabrina and Haunting of Hill House. I'm kind of like, I think Haunting of Hill House is amazing, but too depressing almost. <laughs> you know, I don't know if anyone else has that. I'm only a few episodes in, but yeah. I, I can feel that. I really, like really, really love it. A slog but a little bit. Yeah, though. every once in a while you're like, give me a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like give me like a kid with one of the kids with a smile on their face. Right. You know? Yeah. Something. It could be yeah. It's, it's like, very it's moody. Intense. Yeah. It's yeah. intense. We I my boyfriend and I are watching it and we've we're only a few episodes in, but one at a time. Yeah, yeah, it's not a really it's not, it's not a true bingeable thing. Yeah. I know people that did it. Yeah, but. I don't know how they must have better mental health <laughs> or something. I don't know. I cannot. Not that's the realest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think Sabrina's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I oh, yeah. honestly don't like it as much, though. I think I'm one of the few people I know who's not that into. It. I'm only a few episodes in, but I talked about it last pod, and I was just like, I love the look. I love yeah. the first couple of episodes, and then it sort of slides into Demon of the Week, and there's no danger, there's no yeah. stakes, and I'm just like, okay. but there's Miranda Otto vamping it up as Aunt yes. Zelda. Oh my God, I forgot. Yes. she's a great part, and yes. um, the cousin. Uh, Sabrina's cousin. I like that character. The cast is is pretty game. They're really good. Yeah. What's the main girl's name? I forget. Kieran and Shipka. Yeah, she was so great in the Black Coat's Daughter. Oh, didn't see that. Oh, oh it's a great movie. Yeah. So it it's fun, but it's also kind of like 
like her boyfriend. They just oh, are not doing the work to make us give a shit about him at all. <laughs> you know, it's like they're just like <laughs> she keeps saying she loves him, so we're supposed to be like, okay, she loves him and be invested. And it's just like he's like Why? the boyfriend on Orange Is the New Black, where it's like, oh god, he's just oh my god, oh, he's hilarious. just like a flaccid. <laughs> you guys, this is my boyfriend, flaccid penis. Oh my god, I feel like that's like an ultimate slam to call someone a flaccid penis. It really is that's great. It's just here's like this tube of skin. Weirdly, but I don't know. You know, it is a little body shamey, which I don't want to be. But yeah, I guess. I mean, is, yeah. To, to be fair, I don't think you specifically said penis. He's a flaccid character. He's not. He's not Shoot, Mark took it there. Mark, yeah, <laughs> Mark said and then I, and then I took that and then I ran to In the In my hand. I ran with it. Yeah, you took that all the way to the end zone. And you made it just a, a whole and I, thing. I spiked it and I did a little dance. <laughs> I hit a home run with that and then I kicked it into the goal. <laughs> so I watched three more The Fly movies. Do you want to hear about those? Three more? Wait, there's three more The Fly movies. Oh, there's right, five ones, total. right, of course. I watched 1965's Curse of the Fly. Oh. Um, it's a British uh, production that is completely like divorced from the first two 50s The Flies, even though it has the same characters, and they, they cannot pronounce the French last name to save their lives. It's uh, I believe so it's great. Delambre, but they're like, oh, I'm Martin Delambre. Oh, um, but the weird thing is, well, super weird, <laughs> nobody turns into a fly in this one. Okay. <laughs> Not a single yeah. fly-human creature, but it's... Bold. It's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> No, and I I only noticed I only noticed this because of our recent episode, but it's kind of a twisted remake of Rebecca. Oh, oh. like oh boy! It's you say the episode that's going to get us all fired. Yes, for real. We basically covered Rebecca a couple of weeks ago. It'll it come turned, out before this. It turned into phone sex. Like it oh, turned into so literally the filthiest bod we've ever like, done. So. The I phone sex it. line you see advertised on USA Up all night. Yeah, like nine seven six. Go to bed. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's about this young woman who marries into the family that's like the ancestors of the original The Fly. Okay, and it's kind of about they're kind of continuing the mad science and they're kind of keeping that from her. And there's still the um, mutated specter of his former wife and the way that she influences her. And there's also a creepy housekeeper um, who's like weirdly sexually into the original wife. Love it. You know know that someone was just like, we're going to do the I watched Rebecca. Yeah. Although um, <laughs> they were just like, fuck it. The screenplay is due tonight next week. Yeah. yeah um, just put the fly on the title. Yeah. <laughs> but also, trigger warning speaking of microaggressions, the oh. uh, housekeeper is in yellow face. Oh. Oh. Ew. Ew. Written in the 60s was Ew. great for everyone. Um, so that happened. <laughs> um, I'm just going to move on. Inspired by, inspired by The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, on Halloween, I watched Teen Witch for the first time. Oh, good lord. Um, <laughs> and stars friend of the pod, Joshua Miller, mm-hmm. um, as the little brother of the Teen Witch. Yep. And oh, rascal. That's the <laughs> nuttiest character I've ever seen. It's, it's a, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it is an insane <laughs> movie. It truly is. Yes. It's a movie so that's great. like the, the entire movie feels like an accident. Like, you know, <laughs> like it's just this insane collection of things that just yeah. add up to a movie, and yet you're like, movie? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of love it. Though. Anytime, oh, it. yeah, it's it's, oh, it's fabulous. And that was the final cut. Yeah. <laughs> anytime it's a half-assed musical, it is gold. Yeah. Like seriously, the I weird, forgot. the I like boys sequence it's in the, the locker room. It's the horniest teen movie ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. but ever. they do this crazy what? choreography with towels that's very like Three Stooges esque, where they're like, "Oh, we're pulling your arms oh, apart." Okay. Oh. I can't. oh yeah, no, I remember that bit. My favorite bit is when they take uh, Robin Lively to like an abandoned. Oh, An abandoned shack in the woods to like go to third base. Uh huh. It's filthy. Like it's It's, totally filthy. It's definitely definitely was probably. I don't know. I just I just know a lot of young women who yeah who had some serious Disney Channel sexual awakenings some Saturday mornings in the nineties. Like they really like there was it was it was seminal for a lot of a lot of young women apparently. But I will say, um, does Josh listen to this show? He doesn't have to. I, he listens to, I think, certain ones. Okay. I think yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't check in like, every single yeah. one. No, that's totally fine. Does Brian um, listen to every single one? Does your mom listen to every one, Mark? <laughs> I, I don't think know. She fell Does out. your oh sister? God. I feel like maybe, sh- I'm not sister sure, sister. mom, if you're hearing this, um, but like, I feel like maybe she she listened to the first couple and <laughs> then she just like moved here and she moved to this community where she's... Um, she's really she's getting invited to dances a lot. Oh my god! Oh. She's got a oh, lot. She's busy. She's got a lesbian cabal, she's got a bigger of, right? of, of friends, yeah. and like these like and these men of a certain age are all like, "Who's Mo oh, Marianne? Hello." <laughs> and, and they ask her to dance. And like she's the last time I visited hand. her, the last time I visited her, she was I was literally like, "Hi, mom. Oh, what are we gonna do?" And she was like, "Hey, so don't be mad, but oh my god, she, she totally blew teen, you off. She teen girled me. <laughs> oh my god, she totally blew me off. And she was just like." Are you mad? And I was like, no. And I was, she was like, okay, I won't be that late. Because okay, I was going to go anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she totally, like, she did. I want to meet your mom. I live for her. Yeah. I have a question. Is yes. your sister still listening or is she too amped up on Mr. Clearly. Logo Man over I'm there? Sure, that's right. My sister, my sister confessed that she, um, that she was, uh, she was perhaps like somehow um, physically drawn to the quirrell. Your sister's defense: I got like four yeah. or five text messages that day from people being like, "Mark's sister's not wrong." Yeah, oh, yeah. No. I commented on your Instagram yes. yeah. about yeah. that because I agree. You need yeah. to make like an enamel pin. He's so yeah. Cute. I got a text about the jawline. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, he's, oh, he's a babe. Wrapping up, yeah. Teen Witch. Mm-hmm. I just want to say um, <laughs> I'm pulling a quote from another podcast called The Flop House that covered it like eight years ago, mm-hmm. but they did describe Josh's this one character. gonna land. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> they they did describe Josh's character as an omnisexual glutton. Oh, um, which Shame. I just really want him to hear that. that so make really, a listen to this episode. I, you know what? I can I can deliver the message. Please. <laughs> he described. He once described even as a, like as because he loved classic movies as a kid, uh-huh. and uh, he described his inspiration for his performance as Betty Davis. Oh, You're the coolest Josh guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like that is that is the delivery. It's like no one's coming to a sweet six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so oh like, my god. <laughs> Yeah. It's so it's it's insane. That movie is insane. He's brilliant. Josh uh, is brilliant. I am um I have to say I'm super low key, high key excited for the movie that Jennifer picked this week because I love like cursed, complicated movies. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, perfect. So, Jennifer, movie would with you seven cuts? Seven yes. cuts. <laughs> would you care to introduce uh, introduce this? Maybe week's give selection? a little a little shady summary, if maybe. Yeah, I was thinking about what to do as far as a shady summary, but I think this movie's too close to my heart to, uh, oh. to give a shady summary. Well, it doesn't need to be how, shady. It's how just pure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I can say, like, 
Yeah, and honestly, it's gotten so much shade thrown out. Everybody hates this movie. It's not. It's not a beloved <laughs> film. Um, but I would like. Maybe Ripley goes butch and never looks back. <laughs> oh I don't know. Something God. Like that. That's great. For those of you Hot. who haven't caught on yet, uh, the movie is oh. Alien 3. <laughs> Did we not say that? <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> 1992's Alien 3. I believe we have a trailer, and then we can move into shady summaries. Yeah, um, the trailer is mostly not dialogue, so I cut out a bunch of it. But here's Maybe we can do uh, shady summaries with uh, it's very exciting uh, music underneath. Oh, very exciting music. Just you wait. Was there an alien on board? Yes. <laughs> the end. We have no weapons of any kind. Damien's coming. Okay, because Sigourney Weaver was like, no guns. Yes. Yep. Yeah, bad bitch. It's air! <laughs> and it's queer! <laughs> What is this music? Why is it like 1970s uh, horror thriller music? I love it. It's like religious horror music. Yeah. yeah it's it's, like it's straight omen. up the omen. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. It's so great. I noticed that when I watched it this week, I hadn't watched it in forever, and I was like, the opening credit sequence has like omen type music. Mm-hmm. Again, opening credit sequence. Thank you. <laughs> um, I like Ripley Goes Butch and Doesn't Look Back. Yeah. yeah that's that a was good excellent. one. That's a really good one. I don't really have uh, one now. Mine was like my worst nightmare, uh, which is a planet of just men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine is basically um, pollution, <laughs> rape, and corporations that want to kill you. It's not 2018. It's Alien 3. <laughs> Damn. Uh, it really is a movie for our time. It is. It really, like, and I say that, like, really depressed <laughs> about that, but, yeah, like, I was I mean, watching it and I was like, wow, it really feels. Well, it's beginning oh. to become, like, a common theme here. Oh. Realizing yeah, when we watch some of these app. old faves mm-hmm. is that it's like, oh, God, why did they hold up more now than they did then? Yeah. Yep. Um, I really don't have one. It's just Ripley cubed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's actually, and, like, thinking about what you said, Nay, it's like, yeah, it's like being trapped on a ship with all your bullies. Yeah. Like the people that treated me the worst in life. Mm-hmm. So Ripley kicks ass. She's me. <laughs> She's all of us. So Jennifer, she get, is all of us. I get the impression that you have a really like a, a very particular relationship with this movie, and I would just be really interested to hear your because I I do too in my own way, but like but it sounds like you probably have a much more in depth kind of. Well, okay, so I listened to your episode where you all were sharing your three films. Oh, you did? Recently, I was just listening to that the other day. No, I loved it. And I was actually inspired to open up a little bit and share as a result. So I have a personal connection. Yeah. As long as you want. Okay. So when this film first came out, I was in like middle school or something. Um, So I didn't yet have that relationship to it. I honestly remember just thinking it was so funny how often they say the word fuck. (laughs) Do you start, do you notice that? I actually did a drinking game. I used to host these like alien quadrilogy parties. Oh my God. With grad school friends and Uh, everyone would come over and we would have like drinking games for each of the movies and it would vary according to the film. Um, That's really great. And the third one was like every time they say the word fuck like you start to notice it's like oh my god it's you're like, hammered it's by so yeah, you're like drunk by like the 25 yeah i god. did that once with sean of the dead but oh. it was the word sean oh, oh god <laughs> i was fucked up by act two we yeah. should do that with me with the word fuck 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do Listener it. game. Yeah. Um, so anyway, at the time, I don't know why I really connected with it, but as an adult, I kind of reconnected with it um, like a decade ago. So I am a cancer survivor, and oh. I was diagnosed with cancer twice while I was working toward my PhD. Um, and the first time I, yeah, like crazy side story. It was actually like the diagnosis was delivered over the phone oh, by no, the RN Jesus. who worked at the student health center at UCLA. And she literally said, so you have cancer. Um, I was looking at the pathology report and I don't really understand what it means, oh, but my God. I Googled some of the terms oh, and I'm pretty God. sure it's aggressive. Oh. That's literally how I was diagnosed. What did you do? Fucking Christ. Well, an hour later, I went and taught the first class of the semester <gasps> because I had to. Um, wow. And so I feel like I relate to Ripley because I've been through hell and I am like as over it as she is in this particular <laughs> installment. When you've been through hell twice, right? Yes. And she's been exactly. through hell twice. So it's kind of like, shit. you know, and the first time I did chemo and lost my hair and it was right before Halloween. So I actually, I can show you guys after or in a minute. Um, I decided to take advantage and I dressed as Ripley and oh Alien through awesome. my bald head. Mm. Um, and, So there's something about it. You know, it's been read as an AIDS metaphor, um, which I think is one of the reasons I would describe it as queer. Uh, But for me, it's been a cancer metaphor ever since. Yeah, I was actually reading about, uh, I read two articles today where one person discussed the AIDS metaphor Mm -hmm. and another person actually did discuss that it was a metaphor for cancer. Yeah, I think it makes sense both ways because they're both diseases that like where it's like the body attacks itself almost Mm -hmm. and like the treatment for cancer is in some ways worse than the disease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot about that. Um, So any of the movies with Ripley could have worked, I think, but I actually love how depressing this one is, how (laughs) dark and elegiac it is. Mm. Um, I love a survivor I am one, but I, you know, survival is not a virtue. And I've watched friends die of the same disease that I survived, and I'm not better than them. I didn't deserve to live any more than they did. And so there's something about having the person you're rooting for always survive that can maybe help to reinforce some toxic ideas about people, you know, the world being fair in a way that it's not, which yeah. can lead to a kind of bootstrap mentality, you know, uh, where it's yes. like the people with wealth and power have it because they deserve it, and the people who survive deserve it. And it's like, yeah. no, great people die all the time. Good there's, people can get to be, pre- you know, shitty people can be president. Well, there's kind of that. <laughs> what do you mean, Jennifer? <laughs> well, there's that kind of that speech by Charles S. Dutton that kind of yes. goes along those lines. Because I actually have to be honest with you, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, I can't believe they fucking killed Newt off screen. I can't believe that. You know what I mean? I know. And, and then you realize it when I was, I was actually reading about that motivation. Someone wrote an article on like why it needed to happen. Oh, I haven't seen that. Off screen. And it went into that what you were just saying is that sometimes shit just happens to good people mm-hmm. and there's really no reason for it. And you wake up one day and you're healthy and the next day you're sick or people, you know, so it was yeah. kind of like the movie was in a way they said they felt the movie was kind of course correcting the franchise too, to get back to the horror roots of yeah. it. Even though Cameron's movies like aliens is awesome. It wanted to get back to the darker horror side that the first movie represented. 
So yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I thought it was super interesting. I agree. I think killing off uh, Newton Hicks is one of the more admirable things about Alien 3. I fucking hate fan service so fucking much. Same. I think fan service <laughs> is a fucking pox. On, I think in the long run, it ends up hurting a franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's... I, I don't know. The, the fact that people turned on this movie solely for that, like right off the bat, I think was really sort of craven and embarrassing. And one of the things that I loved about Alien, that one of the reasons why I never responded that much to Star Wars movies was because the Alien franchise was so unsentimental. Mm-hmm. And especially in light of this, like I had, I had the poster for this movie over my bed. Really? Yes, I did. It was like a puffy poster. It was like from a blockbuster that I stole. Because <laughs> <laughs> you worked at blockbusters. I did. I worked yeah. at many blockbusters, and um, and you need to do a book on Mark over yes. my bed because <laughs> I just loved Sigourney so much, and I loved this movie too. And I loved, I loved the dark pitch of this movie. I loved. Um, I love that it's so jagged and messy Me and too. really and, and it's not it's not lovable. It is it is like the creature itself, kind yes. of in its own way. <laughs> it is beautiful. Relentless. It is beautiful <laughs> and difficult. Yes. And like I admire it, but I'm like, blah, like yeah. I don't want to be in it. Like it's that it's I don't know. It's fascinating for a lot of reasons. And God knows we can I mean, where do we begin? Yeah, I mean, watching it, I rewatched it today, and I this time I was actually particularly struck. I think I'd forgotten how sick she is in this one. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know, I think in the first Alien, she's almost an incidental survivor, yeah. and I like that. Um, she's also very gender neutral. But in the second one, it's like, again, it's super fun. I love it. But, yeah, it's like an action. Right. She's an action hero. Right. You know, she's larger than life. And she's I She's essentially love, Sarah Connor before Sarah Exactly. Connor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that in this one, she's sick and she's frail and it's so beautiful. How often do you get to see that? Like people with chronic illness and disability never get to see images of strength that are also frail and vulnerable. You know, like the yeah. fact that she is sick and she is still strong as hell. Like she is dying and she is still strong as hell. Like you don't have to be... An action hero the can- to be strong. The cancer metaphor is at its strongest in a way. From I mean, when I think about it through the lens that you're talking about, is that you know it, by the end of Aliens, when Ripley has her surrogate family and she's found Newt as a result of if you watch you know sort of the, the original Cameron cut, you realize that Ripley had a daughter Amanda mm-hmm. who died while she was in cryosleep, and you know in Newt she finds a, a second chance at motherhood, and then. Those hopes are completely dashed, of course, in the opening credits of Alien 3. It's so and, perverse. And, no, but what's so perverse, the bitterness of Alien 3 is that she is a mother. She is yeah. going to get a chance to be a mother. It's just it's to the, the most. Re- yeah, to. Yeah. A, 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 which is, I mean, it's such a nasty, nasty trick yeah. that this movie's playing. On on its lead character and and it's it's fucking brave. I mean, it is, and it's yeah, amazing it in the sense too that it, like it, it's a studio film. I it would know. never fucking happen. To it them, would never you know? happen again, ever. Yeah. And it's just like it's super bold. And I'm I love this description here that I'm reading. That it's a dark, nihilistic art house SF film with a complex, challenging female lead. Yeah, and she is challenging because you're right. And two, she's kind of just. Miss Badass. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing else going on there. Well, she's a trauma. I mean, I think one of my favorite things about Aliens is like, I mean, there's a lot True, of talk. That's a good point. 
there's a lot of talk about representations of of trauma and survivors and like revisiting trauma mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. particular around certain movies today and I I'm not really impressed by certain portrayals but especially when you compare them to Sigourney and Aliens now that's that is a great pop representation of a survivor, survivor facing down trauma and like I mean and talk about the ultimate fantasy of laying waste to whatever traumatized you um that is yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I get you. It's it will. It's just in just looking at Alien Three in the aspect of kind of what we were discuss, discussing before. Just like the like the ebbs and flow of the franchise, just in, like on style and just genre. It's like clearly like the cool thing about this franchise is it's clearly the each film is clearly represented via the director. Yeah, like yeah. it's very Ridley Scott movie. It's very much a James Cameron film. Even like the theatrical cut, which I watched in pr- preparation for this, you can see David Fincher. Oh, very much so. You know, oh, like, yeah. so you like see the, uh, like the, uh, the, the auteurs behind the film. And like, you ca- I can't think of another franchise that has that, where like each film is rep- very much represented by their director. Yeah. Um, would you say that, that this movie, so was this movie like for you as a survivor? As as someone who battled cancer, and thank God that you're here. Um, was this movie a solace? Was it a warning? Was it a kind of, or was it like a little of everything? Like, I mean, I I'm just stabbing in the dark here, but I'm really fascinated to hear like how you came to have this relationship to this movie specifically as a result of that. Yeah, I found it a solace. I mean, that moment when she says, "You've been in my life for so long, I can't remember anything else." Mm-hmm. That is exactly how I felt when I got diagnosed for the second time, and it was oh. a year after finishing treatment for the first one, mm-hmm. and all of my doctors said there's no way it's cancer, you know, it's mm-hmm. never going to come back, and then it's like you just can't escape it. And the thing about you know, I had breast cancer and it, once you have it, even if it's early stage and it's quote-unquote cured, there's still a one-in-three chance that it'll come back and kill mm-hmm. you. And so it's like that feeling of never getting away from it. I mean, obviously, I think everyone who loves horror and has had experiences with trauma or with feeling marginalized or anything like that, I think we all probably find solace in, in seeing these things. Like. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that it was more connected to the idea of survivorship, like the final girl is something that I obviously connect with. But, like, this movie made me realize that it's not about surviving. It's about fighting. And, like, I love that it's kind of a coalition. I mean, a lot of these men are awful, obviously, but it's it ends <laughs> up – I love her and Dylan. Like, it's this coalition, coalitional politics, where they're, like, if, if you want to kind of take the – the idea of it being 2018 and run with it. It's like, it feels hopeless if you're looking at the news ever these days. Right. And sometimes a movie like this makes you realize like sometimes even if it is, you still got to fight. Like, what are you going to do? Lie down and just let it happen. You know, like even if like you die, you, you know, Fighting requires sacrifice. Right. You know, fighting for social change, fighting for almost anything requires sacrifice. And this movie doesn't give you any easy anything, you know? Like, yeah. And I love that they kill. I hate Newt. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. I think she's so irritating. And I honestly think that that's like one of the 
queer elements of the film because it's like <laughs> James Cameron loves the like nuclear family idea, you know, and, the, right. and Aliens ends with this like little would be nuclear family. So it's like this just kills that off off screen. Like it's it's like an afterthought. It's so perverse. And then she's just in this like, it's like a bug they flick away. Yeah, it's like, well, that's over. <laughs> But then it is moving. It's like when he, I don't know. It's God. There's so much to say about this movie. Like there's, it's got like I think these little camp elements, mostly involving Charles S. Dunn. Yes. I think like I love. I mean, the minute he walks from like behind ten people to yes. like preach at the funeral, you're like, hey, yes. Girl. And with his package. I noticed his package this time. It reminds me of like <laughs> David Bowie and Labyrinth that like oh becomes God. its own character. You know, like it's it's just like there's something about like there's like these belt things. Like pr- you know, like is that a chest burst? Really or are you prominent? just happy to see us? Oh. Hi, Rock. <laughs> oh my God. But, you know, is the, if the first one is uh, a haunted house movie, yeah, mm-hmm. and the second one is a Vietnam movie, right? What is the third one? I, I I sort of was thinking about this, and I was like, "Is it a, like a Jacobian tragedy? Is it just like it's it's just a tragedy? I mean, but like what? But is there a more specific kind of and part four? I don't know what the fuck part four. Is. <laughs> yeah, I could never. Part four is a movie. Part four is um, as Winona's a robot, and that's enough for me. But uh, I still don't like it. Winona the robot, and yeah. the clown. Yeah. <laughs> She's an Amelie robot. Clone and robot. <laughs> now, now in theaters. Um, I don't know. I mean, would it be, uh, in a lot of ways, isn't it against, like, corporate greed and disease? A lot of ways. Well, the whole you know, series like really is. A- the whole, I think it's, like, against, in a lot of ways, like, maybe I'm really way off here, but almost like a shit on Big Pharma type stuff. <laughs> um I think it's again. I think it's like a. It's like what did you say? The first two are. It, it, it throws you because it's about war, right? Or haunted house, then a war movie. Yeah, I really think it's like a. It's like a fuck you. So it is that corporations. I mean, I do think it's also a melodrama and kind of a prison drama. And it's mm-hmm. like an prison industrial complex yeah. thing. Yeah. Nay, what do you think? You know, I was thinking about when she kills herself and the alien and all of the rhetoric around um, folks who are pregnant and need an abortion um, due to like the, the fetus, it's going to harm the host. Right. Uh. And I remember I would have these conversations with my mom. Like if for some stupid reason I am ever pregnant and like, you have to make a decision of like, is it my life or this fetus? I was like, you better fucking pick me. <laughs> like, you know, because my mom's like super Christian and I know right. like for her, it's like, of course you pick the baby. But I'm like, you better fucking pick me. And I was thinking about the end of that movie and just, I'm like, I don't know. There was just something so rad about like, I'm going to kill myself and this baby. Yes. And I just like, <laughs> yes. I actually saw someone describe it. Oh my God. I wrote it down somewhere. So it was so amazing. They said it was like the most badass abortion. Seriously. Honestly. like that. Like, yes. Yes. it really is. Abortion she be like a does lava. it herself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. What are your, what are your, what are the big, I, I feel like probably you've consumed a lot of the conversations around alien three, whether it's sort of the troubled production and inception mm-hmm. of it. The fact that the movie had sets before they even had his <laughs> shooting <laughs> a hundred scripts. Before. Yeah. Yes. They, it was, I mean, poor David Fincher inherited a, a, a bear. 
Um, but yeah. I, I'd be really interested <laughs> to to hear some of some of your wilder your wilder theories or uh, insights about the movie that you know maybe they're personal, maybe you can back them up, maybe I don't know. I'm just I'm curious to know. Okay, so I actually don't have a lot of thoughts about the production part of it because everyone's so cagey about it, and sure. yet like they're really open about it being a disaster, but it's like, you know, <laughs> you don't find new info. In the process, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just like, but yeah, it was bad. Well, well can you tell us why? Well, yeah. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like people disagreed about stuff and money and time and, you know, like it was just conflicts, but the things that I thought were cool, I was watching some of the special features and yeah, I saw that Ripley, not Ripley, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver was saying like, I will only do this movie if I die in it <laughs> and if there are no guns. And she said that, like, at an early meeting, once Fincher was signed on to it, um, she was like, so what's your vision for Ripley? And he said, oh, I don't know, bald. <laughs> and oh she was God. like, that's when I knew I loved him. And I was like, that's <laughs> fascinating. So, you know, there's something about her taking on, like, a really dominant role in this production where she, in some ways, um, I think is responsible for the final product, you know, at least for some of its darkness because she insisted on dying and not making it through. And I think that helped Fincher. Like, they were kind of allied in that way. You know, where the studio couldn't be like, no, you have to find a way to make this work so we can do another movie. Uh, Obviously, they found a really lame way to make it work and do another movie anyway but like yeah so i i it makes me sad that fincher disavows it because i understand it because it's it's i'm sure it was very stressful and he hated the situation but i obviously love the movie and it's i i love zodiac that's like the only oh, other God, movie he's made movie. that i think i would say like i actually like alien 3 better than all of his other movies except Zodiac. Zodiac's so great. So, yeah, it just makes me sad. So I've mostly, like, ignored a lot of the the production drama to focus on, like, the film itself. But as far as the film itself, I'm interested in some of your wilder theories. Sure. So the reason it feels very queer to me is, like I said, kill off the nuclear family at the beginning. Ripley immediately, like, shaves her head and is super androgynous. Watching it this time, so there's the... The sex scene, like she gets mm-hmm. to be sexual, and of course it's with a man, but I'm bi, so I don't think that cancels out the, you know, her having sex with a man does not mean it's not yeah. queer, or that she's not queer as a character. Um, but what I was noticing, this is going to be really out there, but Please. Yes. When, like they're, I mean, it's post-coital, we don't actually see them having sex, but I noticed how they're dressed exactly the same way. God, they have the same it. hair. The she's like yeah. super flat-chested, and it reminded me of the marbles in Pink Flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> where the you shrimping know? scene. Ah. Yeah, where they're yeah. like, you know, they look exactly the same, except one's got red hair and pubes, and the other one's got blue hair and pubes, but oh they're gosh. both really androgynous, same body type, like, you know, there's something about it this is obviously far less camp and over the top but it, it's such an interesting well and it's such choice. a cool it's i love that you put it that way because like queer sex can you know what i mean like yeah. just because whatever someone's genitals exactly. are doesn't mean it's not queer mm-hmm. exactly um and then yeah so the aids metaphor would be uh you know contagion and an all-male environment mm-hmm. whatever uh people dying off but 
The only thing that really doesn't work in this movie, I think, is the CGI alien. I think they, you know, there are a few <laughs> scenes where it just looks terrible, uh, yeah, and the I first wish time, they would redo that. When I was watching it this time, the first time you see the full alien, I was like, yeah. oh, it's so cute in 92. Yeah. They thought they had the effects okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things that I read in production <laughs> notes was that early in, in early tests, they were just going to put a dog in an alien suit yes. and have it run around. They showed yeah. a picture of it. Yeah. They actually did it. Oh, I want to see it. It's in the special. <laughs> that is I need queer to see that's it. Camp. But it's I was just hilarious. like, and I was like, doggy alien. Yeah. Are you kidding? No. no. They thought it was too funny. They made the whole suit. They dressed up. It was a whippet. You know, it was really like skinny. Oh my dogs. god, they're so cute. And they show it running, and it's hilarious. Would it have been fully suited down to footies? Oh, I, I didn't notice if there were footies. <laughs> but it was otherwise. But like, would he been encased? <laughs> he was totally encased otherwise. That is, and that is a like, lot of work for a yeah. little whippet. Uh, yeah. I was really upset that they... the When the Rottweiler died? Yeah, yeah. that it yeah. had to go through a doggy. That made me sad, too. I uh, That is a sad part. But it's sort of like, I don't know. I feel like the whole movie is kind of wrenching. Like, I was, like, tearing up repeatedly. Well, and I think at that moment, too, you kind of <laughs> go, oh, this movie's kind of dark. Yeah. And this is what you're getting. Oh, well, and can it's we the, actually... She spends the whole movie, like, in the first two movies, she's fighting for survival. And in the third one, she runs around screaming, I want to die. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> she's yelling, play. kill me. You said you were well, going to kill me. Of, I mean, it kind of does it's remind so you of real. what people go through. Yeah. I mean, there's, you it's know, so I remember... Real. My dad, the last year he was sick, at one point I remember having a conversation with him and he was just like, I'm so fucking sick of this. Like, yeah. <sighs> sorry, you know what I mean? And like, like I, I love that you kind of said something earlier about like, there's no, like survivorship is cool, but it's not everything. Mm-hmm. And I think there's dignity in going, you know what? I've tried really, really hard and I've gone through this shit for, my dad was sick in various ways for 20 years yeah. and it never debilitated him. He plugged along every single day and I think to kind of go one day you know what I've had a really good life and I think I'm ready for it to be over there's like dignity and there's strength in that absolutely you know yeah, you said several really poignant things. I know, I was like, wait. I, I, I mean, brought a whole new level of analysis to this movie. Like, I was not thinking about Absolutely. any of that. And there's just so much power in talking about fragility with strength. Because yeah. in my experience, listening to a lot of people who want to die, mm-hmm. um, and as part of my career in the past, no one feels strong when they're yeah. at that point. No one, nothing... In, in those conversations, do I hear people being like, you know what, I'm so strong for still being alive. That's usually what you're trying to, like, imply to someone and mm. to see if they'll, like, you know, grasp onto that. But yeah. there is absolutely so much fucking strength in that, even if, you like, sickness and fragility can be totally separate from that. And I think that that is, like just a message I would want so many people to hear, you know? Yeah. I think what strength looks like, you know, it's not being, it's not moving through life unscathed, right? Like what strength looks like is surviving shit and you can survive a lot of shit with like, you know, not being able-bodied with being frail and, you know, clawing your way through each day, you know? And like, I, I think we don't see enough of that. We don't, yeah. Even the business of survival at the end of the movie is a giant bundle of confusion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, it, is it really the, is. The business of trying to They're fight like, where is it? Where the are contagion. We? Where are we? What tunnel? <laughs> Who are you? Who's that guy? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Are we... 
Wait, are they getting him in the piston? Or no? Okay, not in that pit. Is it? Is it supposed to go? I don't understand. It like it's confusing. Very, it I, I mean, for me, this movie is 2018, and that is just like God, yeah. it's just like what's happening. We're fighting this thing. It's just about watching. Okay, where am I supposed to be right now? Because yeah. what should bring, I focus on? Yeah. You're bringing. I'm so happy you're here Seriously. to talk to us Thank a, you for about this. Yeah. But like yeah. for me, yesterday watching it, I was after you know I've seen it a thousand times, but I hadn't watched it in years. And watching it, I was like, I'm watching Democrats get organized. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching Democrats. Democrats tried to pull together. And in the end, they will. Mm-hmm. In the end, they will. There'll be like hell. three of them left, and they'll be messy as hell, and there'll be blood everywhere. But, but it will be okay. I think that's, and I hate to toot our show's horn, but I think the oh, I beauty of like <laughs> what you're bringing to the show and what I've found with like Michael Verratti when he was on and like Don Mancini when he's on and like Chris Lannon talking about Carrie and just some of the stuff we've talked about in here. It's just like how one person's perspective in one person's connection to a movie mm-hmm. can really change the lens of a movie for somebody oh, yeah. else. Yeah. Cause I have to be honest with you. Like the first time I saw this movie fucking hated it. And I actually dreaded watching this movie no, again because no. it had been so long and I watched it and kind of ho-hummed through it. But like, fuck, now I want to watch it again. Yeah, well, same. I actually now, I, after this conversation, now I want to watch the assembly cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the Would assembly you prefer, cut. Do you prefer that over? I prefer the theatrical. Okay. It, just because the assembly cut, I don't, I think it actually adds much. It I like the Golic. I was going to say, I what like are you going to say, Mark? I, li- I love Paul McGann as Golic. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, he. there's more of him. Yeah, I mean, he, he actually is like, yeah, he's yeah. like, it's a dragon. And he's like, <laughs> he's worshipping He's worshiping the creature. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it's... it's I forgot about that. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was also the creature's born out of an ox. Uh, yes. Right, like a bull, right? It's disgusting. <laughs> it's so gross. Why did, you just like wonder how they fought over what animal it was going to be born out of. I know. Of. Like, what I a weird... Don't know why they did it both ways. Hollywood. Um, well, apparently, Studios. no. Apparently, the ox when they when it came time because the the, the fake ox that the, the chestburster came out of was fake. But when it came time to actually shoot uh, a live ox with uh, a, a the hugger, a face hugger prosthetic, the ox would was not having it. <laughs> it's a good to ox. the point to the point that they were like, "Fuck <laughs> it, we're just going to use a dog." That is and really funny. That's yeah. hilarious. Um, but you I, don't okay. see the that, face hugger on the dog either. I, that ox should Ooh, <laughs> face hugger again. Alien Three is is strange yeah. and mysterious and is yeah. not for us to understand. Face, the face hugger is the gayest in the whole. Oh yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's like a little vulva, like yeah. just like mm. just just. But then also a, like a penis attached to your face. Yeah. Just, yeah, well then like the just. Sh- yeah. Yeah. The protruding mouth is yeah. vagina and all the imagery is yeah, yeah so sexual. I actually loved. I noticed this time. I I laughed out loud in the cremation scene, oh my which God. is. I mean, it's. <laughs> I started out feeling kind of moved when Charles S. Dutton's character starts giving a speech, but did you notice they're intercutting with the dog <laughs> death? Yes, but like specifically, so <laughs> a flower blooms down, and yes, it's like exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. a swim. Like, in every seed, there is a flower, yeah. and it's like, yeah, yeah just like, like so perverse. Just, it's <laughs> I love it, and like a new perverse. beginning, and then it's like cut to the little alien chest burst. We're like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that no. you because I actually giggled when you heard their like body cinch. Yes, me too. <laughs> it's like they really go there. You hear like. Pss. 
Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh I yeah. Wow. I watch it. I Brian got me earbud, like the wireless earbuds, because oh. he he likes to read at night. And I intend to not be a reader, um, so I will sometimes put those in to watch something. Yeah, so really and sound it. is really amplified in those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. And I just was like, ah, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like. Did I hear like twice? And I like kept rewinding and it was like. That makes sense because I was listening with earbuds. So fucking good, right? And I was like, I love this. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I have a little Easter egg if anyone's interested. Yes. Okay. So Sigourney, right, is our, you know, is. is Mother. Mother. She's a queer icon. She's, she's an icon, period. Um. And I, she's also someone that I go, it must be terrifying to have her be angry at you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so I was digging around on the web. And so the actor that plays um, Aaron, or also known as 85, um, he published, uh, he self-published his diaries oh no. on the web. Yes. And um, from a few years ago, he posted all his Alien 3 diary entries oh God, of, during the making of. Wow. And... Um, <laughs> Well, what he describes is a fucking shitstorm of crazy, um, whether it's just daily rewrites, daily new scenes coming through. Well, no, she does. (laughs) Because the thing was is that Sigourney, being Sigourney and Mm -hmm. amazing, she was always on Fincher's side, and Fincher was constantly eating shit from the studio who were just constantly telling him what to do, telling him to cut things, telling him that he wasn't allowed to shoot things. And Sigourney then sometimes would apparently just like run off with him to shoot things that he he was told he was not allowed to shoot. She was <laughs> she was like fuck it, let's go. And so they would do <laughs> it. Some, love, of, some of those scenes. No, I love so that, that stuff. scene where she's stalking the beast uh, by herself and says that line, "You've been with me for so long, I can't remember anything else." That was a scene that they were the studio refused to let them shoot, and they shot it anyway on their own, and it ended up in the final cut. Wow. So, um, but uh, no one was in a good mood. <laughs> on the set of Alien 3 and uh, that includes Sigourney and apparently she would just get really pissed off yes. at people, apparently so there's some there is some good gossip Do we have yes. um, one there is when this actor uh, Rafe Brown who complained to Walter Hill saying like my character went from being like semi-heroic and being kind of great and like finding the alien to being called 85 and then like running away from the alien and getting like eaten <laughs> yes. getting shot in the back um, <laughs> that Walter Hill said to him um, you know, Rafe Brown, and I quote, afterward to the pub and drinks and I start to unwind. I'm now paranoid about being cut from the film like Veronica Cartwright was from Alien, as Walter had gently reminded me earlier. I don't want to alarm you, Rafe, but, well, yes, I actually do want to alarm you. Don't end up like Veronica. Oh. <sighs> So, Girl. I mean, so the world of alien movies is a cutthroat place, okay? God, Alfred <laughs> and I've met Veronica Cartwright, and she's a fucking doll. She's amazing. She's legend. Um, so, uh, uh, fuck you. Would do that to Veronica Cartwright. Um, she's fabulous. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> so here's where Sigourney starts reading people. So um, she was pissed off because people were stealing uh, shots of her with a shaved head on the set and then publishing them in the Daily Mail. Yeah, she was that's really like, pissed off. Yeah, uh, I would be too. Legitimate, yeah. So the canteen, February 5th, the canteen sequence, rewrite still coming in. Sigourney's taking no prisoners today. First, it's the hair. She comes up to Rafe and she goes, your hair's too long, Rafe. We should put some lice in it. <laughs> then an hour later, it's my costume. Quote, how come Aaron gets to wear a nice clean shirt while we're all in dirty crap here? 
So stupid Aaron 85 gets to look really cool then. Mr. Normal, she stalks off. Oh, my God. Wow. And, then, and then Mr. Brown goes, says, quote, I feel really weird now. All my paranoia is confirmed. Maybe she's anxious about having a shaved head, but she successfully managed to dump her insecurity onto me. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, but shit. Then, then, then Paul McGann, who played Golick, wanders over, and I tell him what happened. Sigourney walks past us, and she says, and I quote, Oh, look, a little tete-a-tete between Mr. Sublime and Mr. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's not over. I'll leave you guys to work out who's who. <laughs> Oh, my God. Bad bitch. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. me now. But the, last, but the last entry regarding in the diaries regarding... Um, uh, and then Sigourney killed him. Or, no, oh, no. Actually, there was one more. He was in makeup one day, and Sigourney walks past, and as she walks past, she says, don't make him look too pretty. I have to walk past him. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually like a really witty joke. Yeah. Um, That's not mean. I reply, uh, trust your image, Sigourney, I reply. She hovers, so for something to say, I tell her that my death has now been rewritten five times so far, including, quote, alien eats me, golet cuts my throat, I fall into lead mold, company <laughs> machine gun me. And, she, and then she gets, says, I asked them to kill you off on page 10. (laughs) (laughs) But a couple of hours later, she pokes her tongue out at me. And then, gross, he makes a weird joke that I'm not going to repeat here. Um, But he does say that she ended up apologizing for being mean at the premiere. And, you know, everybody... You know, she 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 was dealing with a lot on that set. Everybody was. But I thought that was just some little... Sigourney Sigourney Shade is good shade. Yeah, Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I so love stud it. finder is that is Sigourney or stud? Are you kidding? Now yeah. and forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. Off screen shade. <laughs> I took a screenshot <gasps> of from the special features. Like even the alien was bummed out <laughs> during the production of this film. <laughs> for listeners, for listeners at home, it's an alien that looks like it, like it lost a race. Yeah. Like it. Like hard. <laughs> Wow. Like its team lost the yeah. Super Bowl. Oh it just God. looks bummed as fuck. <laughs> uh, wow. You, oh I'm so happy that you were here. It's me too. So I'm happy to be here. You have said some really important things that I just, I think that our listeners will find so relevant mm. and so touching. Yeah, my stud finder goes to Jen. Yeah, amen. Oh. Yeah. Jen and <laughs> Sigourney. Yeah, we have a thing called stud finder where we give like an MVP. Oh. Of the movie. <laughs> this is the hottie yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. You. This week it's you and Sigourney. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, to echo what Nay was saying, I don't think we would have talked about this movie in here. Yeah. If it wasn't for you. And, I was really surprised that you guys were on board with it. And, uh, <laughs> you were like, really oh shit, happy. they said yes. Like, okay. oh, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm really, really glad we did because I am now going to watch it again with like, oh, a same. renewed mm-hmm. yeah. attitude, clean mind, and just kind of be like, let's get into some shit here. Yeah. You know? Because like, sometimes you need to embrace darkness. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'm always willing to do that, yeah. except apparently with The Haunting of Hill House. I don't know why, like, I draw the line. <laughs> like, that's just too relentlessly dark. There's not enough campy Charles S. Dunn, I guess. Yeah, but I want to watch it again just thinking about some of the Me stuff too. you said, so I appreciate that. Me too. Does you, does Alien 3 get a pride float? Hell yeah, that shade gets oh, a yeah. one. <laughs> you know what, I want to say, I think it gets a pride float. I, I want it to be because, and you can see um, the David Fincher and the way he shoots some of the super industrial sets. I think that the music would be Express Yourself because he did the video for Express Yourself and some of the cinematography that's sort of like maximalist kind of 
like Fritz Lang metropolis kind of, you know, Absolutely. like terrifying and indu- industrial stuff is present yeah. alive and well in alien three. And I think that that's alien three kind of has, um, it's like an early peek into like his look for seven mm-hmm. and a fight club stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, the float is just Sigourney shaved head, right? <laughs> what and about we're all like, just sitting on it? I bet there are like chest burst or dildos. Oh, like what if girl. there are people wearing like strap ons, people oh, androgynous so on the people? That's, that's so bomb. Yeah. Pegging with the chest strap yeah. that yeah. looks like the, the burster. Oh, I wasn't even thinking on the chest. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah if you have like a harness on and you bomb. Yeah. On top of Sigourney's shaved head. That too, yeah. yeah. Right. Head straps, yeah. 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 <laughs> right, and then, and, but also, and Sigourney just yells at people watching the parade, going like, "Oh, you're Mister Ridiculous!" <laughs> yes. Oh, look, it's Mister Sublime. Yes, because when you were talking about how terrifying it would be for her to be mad terrifying. at you, I'm like, that sounds hot. <laughs> her being mad, yeah, be mad yeah. at me. Yeah, I'm like, wave yeah. your finger I hear in that. my face. Yeah, <laughs> slap me. My float would be <laughs> throw your um, shaved pieces at me. <laughs> you're a slut. <laughs> uh, my float for this movie would definitely it would have to be Sigourney, of course. Yeah. Um, I would just like to bring some Jesus. Why not? Why is the word escaping me? Some, um, you know, when you like want to bring some attention to a to an issue. Some like uh, spotlighted. Yeah, I would just um, like to spotlight mm. pregnant butches mm. who, oh. who don't get the representation so that never. they mm. really yeah, ever. Yeah, just beautiful, of yeah. course, and yeah, something to just. Uh, yes. why, I love that. Why do I not have that word? Just bring some uh, attention. Atten- you know, awareness? let's go with awareness. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> my lack of awareness right now is <laughs> stunning. But yeah, some awareness to, to to butch pregnancies. Yeah. Into it. I, I love, love it. it. Actually, you know what that makes me think of? One of you mentioned, and pre- I can't remember who, uh, mentioned the film My Ass is Haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. That was Mark. Okay. Me. I was flipped Ernie. out <laughs> because okay, my dissertation and like current book project. Well, sort of. It was actually about women who direct porn, and so I did a lot of interviews with people in the industry. And, cool, and Belladonna, who oh directed my, God. my ass is haunted. Um, is one of the people I got to interview, and she was the only one where I was like almost unable to ask questions because I think yeah. she's so. Oh my god, she's amazing! <laughs> she's like yes. amazing. And speaking of that, you know, yes. she was. I wouldn't normally describe her as butch, but like she was pregnant with a shaved head in one of her films. Oh, so it cool. actually is like kind of like Ripley's pregnant oh. fast bomb. Yeah. You just brought it full circle. <laughs> yeah, this podcast, this is the last episode of Queer Wolf. We're full circle. <laughs> we, did, we did. We've covered everything. <laughs> my wow. ass is haunted. Oh my God. Jennifer. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all. This where can we find you? Yeah, where yeah, can we find where you? Where should people read, read your stuff? Okay, so. And your podcast too. Yeah. Um, when Animals Attack podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. It'll eventually be Jaws and Claws maybe by the time this episode comes out, actually. Um, but <laughs> our social media should stay the same. It's um, Animal Attack Pod on Twitter, but I, I never tweet. Um, when Animals Attack 
podcast on Instagram, I believe, when animals attack pod at gmail.com. If you have any stories, if you've been attacked by an animal or <laughs> anyone you know has, and you'd be willing to share a story. What a fun concept. It's, I mean, yeah, we want to hear it. Um, and we will have guests on the show too, so you could come visit us Perfect. if you're local. Um, and then we have a Facebook group, When Animals Attack Pod, as well. Um, most of my social media, my personal social media is private, but I Fair do enough. have a fashion Instagram <gasps> called Fashion Minded Professor. Oh, so love that. that. I didn't know and, that. Well, and I have a few publications. Oh, yeah. And like the AMC, um, Eli Roth's History of Horror. You can yes. spot me talking about vampires. And I think that episode comes out like next week or this weekend or something. I saw yeah. you on the slasher one. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in that one. I mean, Eli, the first Roth's, slashers. Eli Roth's History of Smoldering looks at the camera. In the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of really attractive horror filmmakers I've been <laughs> noticing. I don't know. Anyway. We've had most of them in this room. Yeah, but... So we anyway, have. you can see me there. And on the new Olive Films Bound Blu-ray talking about That's awesome. Um, Fabulous. Bound. So great. Hooray. Brennan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brens. And you can <laughs> find I love thank you so much for being here. And I always love when we have a guest because I get a new laugh every time I say that. Because <laughs> these fools are tired of me. I mean, I've um, actually heard you guys I've listened to all your episodes, but oh, it's yeah. still funny. Oh, it still makes me laugh. You're the one. Oh, I love wow. you guys. You're, oh so, you're the one. <laughs> you're the one. Come on. Um, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at QueerWolfPod. Uh, I'm Mark. You can find me at Senior Teen on Instagram. And I'm Michael. You can find me on Twitter at Michael Kenken and Instagram at Michael Kenken1. And I'm Nay. You can find me on Instagram at Black Cupcake, B L A K K C U P C A K E. And my art Instagram, Gaudy Los Angeles, G A U D Y Los Angeles. <laughs> Do you think the handle Mr. Sublime is available? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. I hope so. Or Mr. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's here. I'll let you decide which one. Oh my God. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.